Hey everyone, Benji and Igor here at the Contractor Evolution Studio. Now, have you ever been frustrated by the fact that your team just doesn't get it? Like it's so clear to you what needs to happen within your organization. What problems need to be solved? What priorities should be front of mind? Where the effort of your organization needs to be? But most, if not all of this, is totally lost on them. Entrepreneurs frequently overestimate how clearly they are communicating the standards that they have in their mind to the people who need to hear them most. And this is why themes are such a powerful leadership tool for contractors to know about. Themes are a super process-driven way to make sure your team's action is aligned with that vision that's so crystal clear to you. So this is why we're really excited to have Ashley Ennis on the show today. Ashley has previously run a highly successful window cleaning franchise system. She ran a division spanning seven states and provinces with 45 franchisees. Since then, Ashley has spent the last four years as a business coach at Breakthrough Academy, actively training and coaching 40 contracting and home service companies, guiding them through the implementation of systems and achieving the controlled growth that they want and they need. And she uses themes with her Breakthrough Academy members to over-communicate business priorities and make sure that what needs to get done does. Now, in this episode, we dive into a bunch of really cool stuff. We get into two real-world examples of how her members recently used themes to guide their teams uh, to solve crucial business issues. We talk about how to identify what a theme should be for your business and what practical steps you need to follow to over-communicate them effectively. The keyword here is over-communicate. And she also addresses a few easy-to-avoid mistakes that she sees a ton of business owners make when leading through themes. Yep, this is an awesome episode. You are going to love Ashley and we can't wait to have her back. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Ashley, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, okay, so let's dive right into it. Tell us, uh, in, your, like, in your own words, give us your best definition, what is a theme? So a theme is a method of centralizing and like communicating a business's priorities across a team. Cool. And and in the contract in the context of the contracting space, you know, we we this the, our audiences are builders, roofers, landscapers, painters, home service companies, bunch of sub trades. Like for the entrepreneurs that run businesses like these, why is a theme so relevant? So like whether you're at the stage of having like a couple crews, you're still out in the field or having layers of management, there are always things coming at you as an entrepreneur and a business owner, right? Like there are uh, calls being made, emails being sent, complaints being sent, people knocking at your door, uh, numbers that you see that don't look so good, numbers that you see that look good. <laughs> and so it's your job as a leader of the organization to like filter that, right? right? You have to determine what is it that I'm going to be spending my energy on and what is it that I'm going to be left undone. And I think a key distinction here is like with, with our industry, we run fairly operationally complex businesses, right? It's a lot of people. It's very human labor driven. More than people get credit for, I think too. Like 100%. these are, these are big beasts that are complex with 
bajillions of moving parts. 100%. You've got marketing functions going on. You've got estimating and sales functions. You've got production and operations, production management. There's the financial aspect of it. There's the customer service side, right? You're balancing a lot of different things. And to Ashley's point, there's so much that you can that you can focus on and having a theme to narrow in on and have a laser focus of what you got to move the needle on is very powerful. Mm-hmm. I think for me, one thing I've, I have observed is that the, the leaders, the entrepreneurs that we work with tend to overestimate how clearly they're communicating business priorities totally. to their team. They're like, it's, it's all they think about all day while they drive around or while they're in their office or mm-hmm. as they, when they go to bed at night. So to them, it's crystal clear, but it's actually like that hasn't escaped their brain and made it, it hasn't been communicated to the rest of the, to the team in a way that makes it effective in a way that makes it, um, actionable. And I, and I think theme solve for that. Yeah. The amount of times I hear they should have known, or how didn't they know, or why didn't they just do it? Like it's, it's incredible, but as a leader, our job is to communicate what is important and what we want our people to be focused on. Where do we want them to be spending their time during the day? And so a theme is a communication tool to clearly tell your team what they should be spending their time on. Okay. Amazing. So let, I, I really want to make sure our listeners like have this concept sink in. Let's get to some examples. I think that you have a couple prep from our, from our members to give us, um, yeah, give us whatever examples you have of like a theme in action within a contracting business. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you two stories. The first story is um, of one of our members, Mason. He runs Spraytex Painting in Texas. And so about a year ago, uh, Mason and his team, they had grown really quickly. They were about doubling the size of their business. And late summer in the heat of production, um, they started getting a lot of like negative feedback. Mm. So complaints, negative phone calls. um, And Mason's office manager came to him one day and like broke down. Um, She was extremely emotional. She was asking herself, what is this company that I'm working for? Why am I even doing this? Because she's fielding the calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's taking these calls. She's getting complaints. All that she's doing all day is actually just, um, yeah, fighting fires and and trying to communicate with clients. Um, And so Mason took that and sat with it and really recognized that he was not doing his job as the leader. Um, He was not acting in alignment with his values, Um, His team was not acting um, in alignment with the company's values and his integrity as a leader was compromised. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a pretty tough moment. Um, And so what Mason did is decide to take ownership over the problem and decide what the solution was going to be. And so what he did is he used the power of a theme in determining customer service excellence as a company. Mm -hmm. So that is the one thing that him and his team were going to focus on delivering consistently. So what Mason did is uh, he took his team aside and he had a large company meeting. And so they were all feeling it, right? Like I'm sure you all know when there's an issue, you might think you're the only one feeling it in your business. Everyone knows it. Everyone feels it. It sucks. And so we got everyone together and created some alignment on committing to stopping this being their story as a company, committing to being a company that delivers exceptional customer service. Mm. And so everybody recommitted to that as their key value as a company and started coming up with some ideas and things that they can do. So here's some practical things that came out of it. In the order of uh, the employment agreements of all of the staff, 
Instead of customer service being the last thing on the list, it became the first thing on the he, list. He literally like moved, like went into Microsoft Word or whatever and was yeah. like from third or fourth, it's now number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So often we start by saying, be productive, be efficient, make us money. So instead of that message, Mason said, okay, stop. If we aren't delivering an exceptional customer experience, we're not doing our job as a company. Mm-hmm. So he flipped the deliverables on their head. So in the weekly meetings that he had with his team and individual like department leads, the first thing that they talked about was literally customer service. So, hey, how you been? How's your week? All right, let's get into it. What were your reviews like last week? Tell me what your customers said about us. What did they say? What phone calls did we field through the office this past week? And that's talked about first over how many estimates did we do? How, what did we do in production? In, how much in, money in did we make on that project? What was the gross profit? That's the number one. Yeah. So for a short period of time, Mason actually stopped talking about all other deliverables with his team mm-hmm. and only talked about the one specific line item. Interesting. So, so okay, t- t- the, I want to capture this. The pain point for Mason was we're having a you know blowback from customers. Our, our team is tired. It's the middle of summer, which I which we get, but this is now affecting uh, our our the quality of the job we're doing, which is impacting our reputation, which is long term going to be a major major problem for us. Uh oh, this is this is an alarm bell that needs to be an- called yeah. or answered. Um, and he ra- he created a rallying cry, this theme of exceptional customer service, and then communicated that throughout the team. Mm-hmm. What, how long did that last for? What, what was sort of like the, the end result? So it's actually like shifted the core focus of spray text painting from being like a production company to being like an exceptional customer service based company. Um, so they are a rapidly growing organization. They're um, doubling again this year, but he knew that if they were going to continue to grow the rate that they were, they needed to do it on a firm foundation. And so the foundation he chose to focus on and keep his finger on and talk about and include in all the orientation days of his teams um, to train on, to reward, to recognize was exceptional customer experience. Amazing. Something I think on this note that's really important for leaders to realize is um, I think leaders will overestimate how much their people, even their high performers can balance at once. Mm. How many different things, how many different messages, how many different focuses, how many different themes they can balance at once. Um, the more the years go on in my in my leadership career, the more I realize how few things, <laughs> even smart people on a team can truly focus on, or even real high performers with, with a ton of work, with a ton of focus, the fewer things that you have people focus on, the better they're going to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is, yeah. is, is been very much like one of my observations over the last couple of years. So, so to your point, a, a theme is basically a tool to help you prioritize number one and communicate number two and, and, and then see a, a, an intended result. Totally. And I think a lot of people get into business, You, they become an entrepreneur because they have so many ideas and so many things that they want to do, right? It's like the classic joke of the ADD entrepreneur. But if you're pounding in a million directions and your head is constantly full of ideas, and I think we're going to do this, and then I think we're going to do that, and I want to make this happen, you're getting nothing done because you, even if you have a strong team, there's no way that people can balance that many things even smart people, even hardworking people balance that many things and execute on them really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think it's, um, I, I think the, per, from the perspective of the people on the team, that's also an extremely confusing environment to be in. It's yeah. jarring. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, you are doing your job as a leader by telling your team specific small numbers of things to focus on. So for Mason's team, one example is that in the field, um, when the guys are on a job site, If the customer isn't happy, 
action is being taken. So there's a clear delineation there. They know that if the customer is not having an exceptional experience, action is being taken. And what that's going to be is going to depend on the situation, but they know that they need to get help. They need to provide solutions. They need to do something so that they walk away with the customer having an exceptional experience. So that was like a mantra that was passed around the team that was repeated. And everyone knew if, well, I can't remember here, I said, if the customer's not happy, action needs to be taken. Yeah. That's like repeated over and yeah. over and over to the point where anytime that comes up, it's like, if this, then we do that type thinking. Yeah, totally. Here's a really key point though, that, uh, that's really critical to highlight, uh, within this example, when you're choosing to focus on something, what you're also doing is saying no to other things, right? Mm-hmm. So you if, have to. if, if he's really, really focused on the customer experience, the quality of work, all this kind of stuff, you are by definition also putting other things on the back burner. Are you full throttling marketing and sales then? No, because the organization's really focused on leveling up the customer experience before the growth. Are you focused on driving gross profit? Probably not because you, like we as leaders, you operate, and I think here's a key point, you operate in a world of constraints. Mm-hmm. Even when people who run huge organizations, mm-hmm. right, like the largest company in your trade, in your city, still operates in a world of constraints, people, money, resources. And it's your job as a leader to figure out where are we going to point these resources? What are we going to say yes to? And more importantly, what are we going to put on the back burner yeah. in favor of advancing this one thing? Because those resources are extremely finite. They are finite. The, the time, Every, the everyone budget, operates the people, the skill, all of that. In it. the world of yeah. constraints, right? So, you know, here's, this is a key point in this example. Like if, if you're, if you're going to get the entire organization rallied around the customer experience, the quality of work, you are not driving an increase in gross profit because you're going to constantly make decisions of like, are we going to apply 15% more labor onto this job? To, to really drive this customer experience. I mean, it doesn't mean you need to do it forever. No. But if the theme over this year is to do that and drive that experience up, then that's what you're doing this year. And you're going to do it at the sacrifice of gross profit. You're going to do it at the sacrifice yeah. of more production volume, blah, blah, blah. Can I tell you the magic though? That if you choose to focus on the one thing that actually is the most important, those other results will come through through time. 100% over Whoa, time. Oh, yeah. Right? That's so it. Because this will stay sticky. Yeah. Yeah, it's not only that, but it's also that, for example, if you get your guys to make sure that every customer is leaving with an exceptional experience, guess what those customers are going to leave with an exceptional experience and who refers people, people who have exceptional experiences. So if you're able to create a team that leads with pride, they're also going to have to have a better employee experience because they're going to say my values align with what we're doing on a job site. They feel better. Do you think they like leaving every job where the customer is complaining and having a bad experience? They want to lead on a high performing team so this is important like the 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 way the theme gets applied to a team might be temporary but the lasting effect is much longer it's not like we're like okay our theme for this year is customer service and then next year we're going to do a really crap job on customer service and get back to gross profit it's like no it, it, it it there's a bit of an afterglow effect and you may have to come back to that theme later on but but the point is you've installed a a culture, a way of acting, a certain standard that way outlives mm-hmm. how long that theme was yeah. talked about for that team. So that's amazing. Is there anything else on this Mason example? 
No. Okay. I think, let me just say one point before we move to the next example is, is the way that I sometimes think about these is as layers, right? And you're layering different things on and, and themes can really vary, right? We're talking about one very specific exa- example, but like a theme might be, you might have major issues in the efficiency of technology you're using where you're going to spend a year just dialing in hmm. your software and, and the technology you build your business on. But to the point of layers, if you really focus on that this year, uh, you're layering next year other stuff on top of that. It's not like all those things are now gone, mm-hmm. right? You focus on one thing for a length of time and that length of time is, well, I'm sure we'll chat about this more thoroughly later, is longer than you think, right? But you spend the sufficient amount of time that it takes because then you can lay other things on top of that after. Mm-hmm. Totally. Cool. Okay, so that's um, that's the Mason example and I'm glad we talked about him. He's been on the show before, by the way, and, and uh, we love Mason. So uh, is there is there another Yeah. So we have Chris Nelson. He runs uh, the Pro Clean team and they operate a window cleaning team in uh, Washington state. So Chris's story is a little bit different. Um, He personally had a bit of an accident, a bit of a fall and was the lone ranger in his business. Um, Recognized that after having that accident, his business could literally not function without him. So he had to do something to allow his business to provide for his family, provide for him if something were to happen. And so what he did is instituted a theme of the year of the employee. Okay. Okay. So it's actually really cool. One of the first things that he did is his business used to be called the Pro Clean Windows and Gutters. And he rebranded his entire company to the Pro Clean team. So Chris shifted his focus as a product-based company of clean windows to a service-based company that one of their products is clean windows and their other product is a team that's performing and um, getting value from their work in the organization. Mm. Okay. So some of the things that he did, um, he actually let all of the staff go that he had at that point, except for one. Um, because he recognized that he needed to completely shift the culture that was going on in his organization. Um, He focused on an intense interview process that allowed him to hire for values and hire people who wanted a career and to grow with the company versus just be with him short term. His retention has been three times greater at this point because people are looking for a career. He went and redefined all of the roles that people had so that he was giving crystal clear expectations. So you can see the theme of the year of the employee focused where he was spending his time, right? So he spent his time on rebranding to be an employee-based company. He spent his time on solving retention. He instituted a training program. He defined their roles. He started doing weekly goal setting and review meetings. He instituted company events. He instituted benefits in the company. He changed the compensation structures so that they could get bonuses. So he changed not only how he was spending his time, um, but also what the employee experience was like on the ground. And it's allowed him to grow um, extremely quickly. And his theme this year is now uh, unleashing the dam because he's Mm. done that solid, again, foundation like you were talking about, Igor, that he's able to layer on that new theme of growth because he has the foundation set. Could he unleash the dam had he not done the year of the employee? No. No, what would happen? It would be a disaster. disaster. Totally. So you know what's cool about that is like, okay, year of the employee is the theme. It's this... uh, it's this anchor that sort of that keeps him focused on what matters for the business for a year. A couple of things there. First of all, there's a cost to doing it. It's not just like all fun and games. He had to fire a bunch of people. That probably sucked. And then he had to go through the work and you went through the list of implementing GSR meetings, you know, uh, rebranding, defining roles. Like there's a whole bunch of actual stuff that he did uh, to, to live that out. So it's not, it isn't just something that you post on the wall and walk by every day. It's meant to influence the way that you act and behave within your own business. 
So, okay. I love those two examples. Um, anything else on Chris? I don't think so. Okay. So we got Mason, we got Chris. I, th- I think for most people listening, they're going, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Those are pain points that happened. They came up with a theme. It's been addressed. Let's move now to talking about um, the practical steps to implement. So how might a listener go about using themes? And I think the place I want to uh, start with this is just like, how, how would we identify them? Like, wh- how, how do we figure out what the right theme even is for our business? Yeah, one of the questions that Gary Keller poses in his book, The One Thing, is what is the one thing you can do such by doing it, other things become unnecessary or easier, right? Mm-hmm. That can be hard, though, to figure out, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because it probably feels like there's a lot of things I need to do that would maybe make things For easier. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I suggest looking at where are the friction points in your business, right? What are those moments that things just like, it just continues to not get right. Communication keeps getting missed when it move when a job moves from sales to production. Mm. Um, what are the complaints that you're commonly getting from your customers, right? So grab the, the list of complaints that you've received over the last six months. Are there any like key themes that come around there? Are there any things that are tip- customers are typically unhappy with, with their experience? Mm-hmm. You can look at bottlenecks in your business mm-hmm. and say, what are the, what are the elements that are holding us back? If we could get more X that would allow us to do more of the other things that are really important to us, what's holding us back from our goals? Yeah, I think in one of the real starting points, and, and I, I love what Ashley's saying, and to, if we back up a step to even think about this, what you need is time and mental space, right? And I, and I see a lot of entrepreneurs that are running around in the rat race of their business, like they're inside of it, just like spinning in the wheel. And I find it's often really hard to see these things if you don't actually mentally and, and time-wise, step out for a moment and where you can ask yourself the question of what is going on and what isn't going on and what do we really need to focus on? Because as a leader, one of the highest leverage things you can do is figure out where I call it like to point the laser. And that's kind of how I think about it. Like in the bigger the business you have, the bigger this laser is. And you can point it in any one of many, many directions. Mm-hmm. And what defines a really good leader, one of the key things that defines a good leader, I should say, is... Uh, how effectively can they choose where to point it and for how long, right? But I, I, like, it, are you guys saying that the best way to go about self-assessing this is kind of look for where it hurts within your own business? Like that's what you mean by friction points. That's what you mean by like breakdowns. Like you're, you're going to where there are issues consistently. I think it can be, but it, but it might not be. Huh. Um, you can also look at your business from a perspective of where do we want to be in five years? What is the mountain that we're climbing as a company? What's our big BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal? If you look at that and start from a perspective of, okay, if this is the mountain we're climbing, what is the biggest thing that's going to hold us back? Mm-hmm. So it's, it can be proactive, not just, more not just, not just reactive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not just like fixing holes in the boat. It can be like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't a problem yet, but I, we're super clear on this goal or this vision. So I'm going to make a theme for that. Yeah. I think some businesses are going to be in the boat of what we said earlier, where there, there are holes in the boat and you're like, we need to plug these, like the customer complaint exam, mm-hmm. like the one, if you've got customer issues, I'll, I'll give you some examples, right? You could have customer issues. You could have employee turnover issues where you're like, hey, we cannot grow until we solve our 42% yeah. turnover issue. You might have a total lack of like baseline infrastructure. Like you're not legally well set up. You don't have like fundamental accounting principles and like or bookkeeping tracking all that kind of stuff so you could have let's call those like holes in the boat 
that's one direction. And some people are in that situation. Mm -hmm. And the other one is like, there are no active issues like this, but there's huge opportunistic like directions that you can look at, right? Yeah. And there might be those issues, but it's determining which issue to focus on, right? What is the one issue that's going to hold us back from hitting that BHAG? I I think um, uh, one thing I heard is as we prepped for this is is a lot of this has to do with like what you say no to, Mm -hmm. what you powerfully Mm -hmm. say no to, because like we're saying before that the resources are finite and you cannot do it all. So that's the hard part that I really want listeners to like absorb. You're going to have to say no to other stuff and that's okay because this theme is more important yeah 100 percent. it's hard though it's really hard it's it's super hard right because as as an entrepreneur like i said earlier you're wired to be into a lot of different stuff right Mm -hmm. right? people love like i want to do this and i want to do that and when you think about what creates great organizations they don't have more time right like everyone is 24 hours in their their day and Mm -hmm. 365 days in a year and all this kind of stuff um it's just so interesting for me to always reflect and observe why are some companies great and others aren't? And we see this everywhere, right? Like why is Apple, Apple and a million other software and computer companies either failed or didn't achieve that level of greatness It's because they just, they focused on different things, right? Like when, when Steve Jobs was focused on the simplicity and the size and the lightness of the iPhone, they also mm. said no to a ton of other right. stuff. It doesn't have other keyboard, product ideas and a keyboard a, yeah. and yeah. other features and all this kind of stuff. Like you always, you have to say no to a bunch of stuff if you're going to focus on the one right thing. One thing I'd like to ask you guys about is like, do you, um, is it smart to think like, premeditate or think about how you might measure like the success of this theme mm. later on. Like I, I like if, if you're going to implement something, you got to have um, some form of feedback loop, some set of KPIs, some way that you're going to know that it's working or not. So ha- have you guys seen examples of that happen in businesses before? Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily going to be the same. Well, it's not going to be the same for each theme, right? So what you actually need to do is take a look at what is the problem that we're solving right? Maybe there's some metrics that you see there that you want to see move. Yep. Like you're seeing a certain number of complaints. You're seeing a percentage of turnover and you know that that is the metric that you want to impact. Sometimes it's not quite so simple. Um, sometimes you might understand that you are having um, profitability issues through time and you might have an idea that it's because of your um, efficiency on the job site. You might have an idea it's because of the type of clients that you're taking mm. on. And so you might decide to go down that rabbit hole and try to solve that issue for a bit of time. It might be six months in, you recognize that that might not actually be the key trigger point. You've went down that rabbit hole, you've worked on your productivity on the job site, but it's because now of the certain type of client that you're working with, that you're consistently coming in at this profit margin. And if you were to just change that client type, or if you were to get your branding down or your marketing down, you'd be able to hit that metric that you initially identified. So it's important to have patience through the process. Like Igor said, it often takes a lot Mm -hmm. longer than you think it will to solve some of these more complex problems. And so it might be that six months down the road, you actually just understand the problem better rather than necessarily have the solution. But it's important to keep your finger on that button for as long as possible to chase the solution until you reach it. Yeah, I love it. Sorry, Benji, one more thing I'll add. The key point there, like you have to be you have to have some sort of KPIs, right? Like you're kind of flying blind if, if you're saying, you know, so to one of the examples we looked at with Mason, uh, if we're trying to address this customer experience piece, if I don't have some sort of feedback loop about the customer experience, whether it's through um, like a formal measurement of the net promoter score or whatever it's going to be, I don't know whether I'm making progress over something that 
to your point, actually, arguably is going to be a pretty long journey. Yeah. Like if we're going to work on this for like a year or two years or whatever, I need to know like, is this getting better or <laughs> is it not? And all, th- all things are like that, right? If, if I'm trying to improve my gross profit margin, I need to be really good at job costing. And if I don't have great job costing systems and regular processes, weekly, monthly, whatever, I don't know how well I'm doing, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So that's definitely a key consideration. Like if you're going to come up with a theme and have your whole organization focus on it, you got to also have the actual measurement practice yes. in place. Yeah, I think without yeah. that, it does sound a little fluffy. Yeah. When you have the <laughs> measurability, it's like, no, no, we this, it's, you know, the evidence is here. This, totally. this and, is working people, or it's not. And we're going to try this. And now. your people that are following you are also going to trust you and respect you and, and it, that theme a lot more if you're continuously holding tension to it by being able to measure it. Yeah. Okay. So that, those are some really good thoughts around how to go about identifying what a theme ought to be for an entrepreneur. Once that's been done well, how, how do we go about communicating this to our people? Yeah. So I think you said at the beginning that people often um, underestimate or overestimate how good of a communicator they are to their right. team. And it's so important that if you were going to take the time to sit to reflect, like Igor said, to have the time to determine what the most important thing is on your business, that you take the time to come up with that follow through plan from day one. Okay. So if you come up with an idea before you go and share it with the world, stop and say, how am I going to measure this? How am I going to communicate it? What is it going to look like two weeks down the road, three weeks down the road, six months down the road, a year down the road? If it really is that important, if you've really taken the time to determine what's most important in the business, you should be able to follow up with it at certain at certain uh, touch points. So it's important to communicate it over um, multiple mediums, right? So if you have employment agreements, it should literally show up. It should change the tasks that are assigned to your employees that they do daily or weekly. It should change the actions that they're taking. It should change what success looks like in terms of deliverables potentially, or the Mm. goals that you give to your team. It should impact the annual goals that you communicate and have as a company. It should impact how you deal with issues or which issues you deal with. It'll affect your priority management day to day. It'll impact the types of roles that you bring on that year or don't bring on that year. It'll impact how people um, shift what responsibilities they have as a team. So it should really impact someone's, um, you know, systemic um, meetings, the agenda, what they actually say to their team, and it should impact it both short term and long term. So it's being brought up in meetings. It's 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 being put in writing in the form of employment agreements. There, there's um, your your people are seeing it everywhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, This repetition piece is so important. One thing I'll never forget uh, in my first year running a painting company, I was 18 years old. I had six employees. I could not believe how many times I had to repeat the same thing. I remember the realization of like, holy shit, I need to tell these guys, the same guys, the same thing 16 times. Like a parrot. (laughs) Like a parrot about the thoroughness of the pressure washing that's required over and over and over again. It was like spelling it out to a child. Like you need to clean this, this way. This needs to be the fascia boards need to be this level of clean over and over again. It's, it's really surprising. I think people don't uh, communicate with the level of detail, whether it's like a process of like, guys, we're going to go through these eight steps mm-hmm. as we're doing this. Here's step one, here's step two, so on and so forth. Repeat it back to me. Are we 100% clear? And then they'll probably get it wrong. And then you're going to come back the next day. What are the eight steps we're following here? Right. Right. What, what, what's, what do you pressure wash first? Where do you go second? Where do you go third? Right. It's, it's <laughs> that, that was a very shocking realization. Is this is repeat. the part, this is the part that I think uh, like a, a lot of us underestimate 
the number of times we have to repeat it, you sort of, you, you know, to use your pressure washing example, you do one run through on a pressure washer and say, here's the wall and here's how you spray it and here's the trigger and go nuts. And then, and then you kind of leave it at that, that that's actually not enough. You got to come back to it. No, you're going to come and back and, and it's going to be like, dirt. No, the nozzle of the pressure washer is this far from the wall and you need to see <laughs> the dirt coming off and then you do this and then you do that. It's yeah. very, very, very high direction and it's very repetitive. Super high direction. Yeah, it's repetitive and it's also very detailed in the way that you have to to explain it, right? Like if we're going on the, on the pressure washing example, it's just like the guy, you explain to him, like keep it this far off the wall at all times and all of a sudden you watch him the next day and it's like this far and then it's that far and the wall's all spotted, right? Yeah. You got to reiterate it over and over again with a super high level of detail. And I mean, that's a very minor analogy. It can be this, it can be as complex as certain accounting systems and anywhere in between. But the point is, is I think people, leaders uh, in our industry often underestimate how clearly and thoroughly they're communicating. Which is why we've said it like four or five times in this For exact you. episode. Just yeah. Clearly and thoroughly. It's <laughs> you want to do a few more announcements? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So rep, yeah, re repetition is super important. Um, multiple mediums is super important. How imp um, talk about the value of having a message that's very simple. Like mm. how much does simplicity matter in this? I think it's I think it's super important. Um, I can speak from experience. When I was in the last uh, year, I had a succession plan going on in the business that I was running, and I knew in order for my succession plan to be um, able to be executed, I had to have um, high levels of performance so that the high performers who I wanted to take over and be in leadership positions would stay. And so the simple theme that we came up with was um, extreme performance. Mm -hmm. And so every single thing that we did was about extreme performance. So it was individuals pushing themselves to the extreme. It was about extreme performance in terms of uh, the profitability metrics that we were getting. It was extreme performance in terms of the level of training that we were giving to our people. It was extreme performance in terms of the number of training events that we were doing. It was extreme performance in terms of the type of external experts that we were getting. And so it was such, it was small and short and accessible and everyone could take a look at that theme and say, okay, I see how that impacts my job. And it's self-evident. Yeah. People aren't like splitting hairs over what it means. Like it's crystal clear. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Coming back to, I just want to highlight, we said earlier, it's a game of, it's always a game of constraints. If you want to have extreme performance in whatever you're doing, you can't be doing a ton of things. Yeah. Right. I, I see that in our organization now. Like, if we want to perform at an exceptional level, you got to do fewer things because there's only so much time, so much money, uh, so many people, all this kind of stuff. Right. Always a game of constraints in that example, too. I love it. Um, I want to hear, Ashley, from your experience, like, have you seen any mistakes made? And are there any, like, clear and obvious don't do's when it comes to identifying or communicating a theme? Mm hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that we've said um, several times so far in this episode is that when you are saying yes to things, you're saying no to things. So that means that there are going to be things that are left undone, mm. right? If you are really entering into a theme and leaning into it and committing your business to one thing for a period of time, it might be short-term or long-term, it means that during that time period, other things aren't going to get as much attention. Right. And it's important not to freak out, right? Like that's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah. It's okay that things are not getting done. And it's actually okay that results in other areas that are not your core competency, your core focus, the results can actually go down. And so what's important is that you keep your finger and you keep your um, energy and enthusiasm on that theme, on this core issue that you're solving in your business until you see it through. And it's okay when things in other areas of the business aren't necessarily thriving. I just want to make an interesting point on this one. So uh, two weeks ago, I was sitting down with some BTA members. Uh, we are just grabbing a dinner and some drinks. And we are talking about this whole point, And we're joking about how everything that you're going to go and do is like two to three times more money than you think it's going to cost. <laughs> and it's going to it's, everything takes two to three times longer yeah. than you think it will. Whether it's like we're going to go find a new office or we're going to get this new division going or little things like we want to get a new accounting system in place, whatever. Big things are little things, way more money, way more time. And and what 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 the what this this BTM member, this contract is like, so how do you have the like he's like, I'm really feeling this lately and asked me, how do you have the patience for this? Mm. Right. And and I do think about that a lot because things really do take a long time if you're gonna do them properly. And I think it's important to recognize that we live in this super peculiar world world right now in this time. I think social media as a bunch of other just social influences have created this um, feeling of very collapsed timeframes. Mm-hmm. Like you got to build a business and you got to sell it and you got to like <laughs> yeah. get rich, whatever, right? Like, like that whole, I think everyone feels it. Um, our grandfathers didn't feel that way. They weren't like, I'm going to make this farm amazing in the next three years and I'm going to sell it yeah, for they, like a gazillion dollars. They weren't like, if I'm not a billionaire in 18 months, I'm a loser. <laughs> that's, not like, that's not yeah. what grandpa was thinking. So <laughs> I think a, a key point is just being humble and understanding mm-hmm. that time, timelines are long, right? You got to focus on certain, like your health, physical, mental, all these kind of things. There's, there's certain things you got to do in life to live a long and full life and have a long and full career. There's nothing wrong with running this organization for a number of decades and making it extraordinary because uh, there's a natural law of how long things take, even for smart, hardworking people. So let the time be the time. If it Mm. takes two years to implement this theme, it takes two years. And then you're going to stack another one after that and another one after that. And trust that journey and that process. Let it take the time it does to do it properly and stack your stack the bricks. Mm. Um, And, uh, and as the time goes on, you're going to, you're going to create a great organization, but don't put artificial time pressure on yourself of how long things should or shouldn't take. That's a really great point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's, I, I, I think I like that because I, I know that our listeners can do that to themselves. Sometimes they're like, well, I knew this was a really important thing. And I, I tried it for, for a couple months. It didn't work and then we moved off and it's like oh you just needed to hang in there and not just a bit longer and, and you totally. would have you know gotten to the other side of it so i i love that time frames piece um any any other don't do's I mean, I think uh, maybe we've seen in our own experiences times where we've decided or committed that we were going to do something and had this great idea, and then there was a lack of follow through. So I think it can be really harmful to your credibility as a leader if you, uh, you know, kind of put the cart before the horse, right? Mm. You determine that you're going to do this theme, and before making sure that you're actually going to over communicate it and uh, have your communication and your follow through plan in place, um, it can, yeah, it can hurt uh, your credibility as a leader, and it can make your people not trust you as much, right? It's so important that if you're going to do a theme that you are able to over-communicate it and follow up with it and follow through it and communicate it through time until you've come to the end of that, um, whatever that looks like, depending on the situation. Guys, I just got back from this 10X conference. It's all about sales. Yeah. It's all about <laughs> sales. That's all we're doing. 
And then right. three weeks later, you like totally forgot yeah, about it. Back, and back your customer to, experience sucks. You don't yeah. know how much money you're making yet. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, like, wh- how do your people feel when you as a leader are bouncing all over the place? You it's just not listen a good to look. this sick podcast. All of a sudden you got these new ideas. You just <laughs> came back from this this conference, talk to one of your buddies, right? He's all about digital marketing. Everything's yeah. about digital, but you don't yeah. like literally have a single marketing person, yeah. right? So it, it makes, it really does hurt your credibility and coming back to the jarring point. I think, uh, you know, if you think about like being with a bad driver, who's like to the left and then to the right and then to the left and you're like, what is going on here, right? Like, where is this person leading us? Yes. Um, that, that is a really bad look as, as Benji, you like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot worse than, than picking one very focused thing and driving it through time effectively. Yeah. High performers want to work for a company that knows their purpose and leads them towards it. It's impossible to inspire your team if you don't know what that one thing is and you can lead them with it. Yeah. And on that note of, we're talking about measurement previously, if like, if you can't measure it, you don't know how well you're doing, um, as a leader to kind of to communicate and and talk about this kind of stuff without actually showing your team over time how we're doing against that goal and that plan I think also really hurts your credibility if they're like well this guy keeps talking about this but there's no actual follow-through on are we are we making an impact are we moving that customer experience then that promoter score are we moving that gross profit up or whatever it might be Um, you have to be able to measure it otherwise Mm -hmm. your team's not going to buy in Yeah. So recognize the performance when it does happen, right? If you've picked a theme and you're starting to see some things happen, it's so critical that you're Mm -hmm. recognizing it and celebrating and boosting that performance. It'll create momentum. You, you, you showcase it. Yeah. You, you give them a platform, give them an audience, give them some applause. Hey, you know, Mason's example, uh, exceptional customer service is extremely important. When a crew gets a five-star review on Google, like that goes up on the top of team huddle. Yeah, team huddle, your first 10 minutes are going through what are our five top reviews from last week and have each team member share exactly what they did that made it an exceptional customer experience. Cool. Uh, I think we should leave it at that. Ashley, it's been really, really, really good having you. This has been a ton of fun. I hope we can have you back again soon. Awesome, thanks. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, hit that subscribe button. It's what allows us to produce more awesome content for you totally for free.